Have you ever had a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day? Oh, I think we all have. In 1972, we were introduced to the children's book, Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. In the story, Alexander is an 11-year-old boy who has a really bad day. In the midst of his gloom and despair, he decides to make a wish that everyone else in his family could relate to the horrible things he was going through. The next day, he wakes up to chaos, and his family is in complete disarray. The parents overslept, miscommunication is causing countless mishaps, the car won't start, sickness hits the house, important meetings go downhill, and much more. The day could not get any worse, but then at one point, Alexander confesses to his family about the wish he made. Together, they decide to look at it all from a different perspective. They resolve to stay positive, no matter what the rest of the day may bring. Things surprisingly turn around, or at least work out for good. The family works together, and no longer do the circumstances get the best of them, but they get through it and actually have a great time as a family. The terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day ends up being one of the best days for Alexander, and he wishes for more like it. It's tough to look at the positive when you're faced with the negative. But isn't it the truth? How we see things matters. And is what we are faced with really negative? Look at the dandelion. Some see a weed, some see a wish. I know what my girls see. They see white fluffy seeds that need their freedom. What do you see? Are you looking around your life and only seeing the weeds? Be encouraged today. Our days are full, and I know some of the circumstances go way beyond flat tires, diaper blowouts, and missed meetings. God is there, and He's using it all for our good. Listen, nobody knew a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day like Paul. He started his life as Saul, killing and persecuting people that followed Jesus. But then he met the risen Jesus, and things turned around pretty quickly. Paul, from that point on, was on mission, and he didn't look to the right or the left. He was full steam ahead, preaching the gospel and establishing churches. Because of this new mission, however, he then was a target for persecution. Read 2 Corinthians chapter 11, starting around verse 22. We read all the suffering that Paul has endured, but he's not whining about it. He's boasting about it. Quite a different perspective. His list of horrible circumstances included five times being beaten to near death, being beaten with rods, stoned, three times shipwrecked, literally lost at sea for a day and a half and perils left and right. Paul faced perils with robbers, Gentiles, Jews, in the wilderness, on the sea. He faced sleepless nights, hunger, cold, and thirst. Paul's situations were like no other you could compare. Yet Paul's perspective was completely filtered through the lens of a surrendered life and faith in Jesus. He knew God got all the glory through it all, through his weaknesses, through his suffering. That's why he could boast and why he wrote these words in Philippians 4, 11. 
I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. How do we turn our chaos into contentment or our sorrows into joy? Like Paul, we need to meet Jesus. When we do, he gives us a new perspective. We rejoice in all things. We have hope, joy, and peace, even in the middle of our most horrible, no good, very bad days. That's the truth. Don't just see the problems today. See the possibilities of what God is doing in and around you. I'm Lori Klein.